Welcome to the Success Sensei Podcast for anyone interested in success, happiness, and balance. We'll teach you how to be a black belt at life. And now, your host, former professional fighter, multiple world champion, entrepreneur, and investor, Robert Devan. Bowing in. This is Roundhouse Rob, the Success Sensei, helping you to win at life one kick and punch at a time. Today's episode, the amazing Burr strategy, and it's episode 222. Welcome to the main event. It's the Success Sensei Podcast main event. The amazing BRRR strategy. What is it, first of all? Well, it's a property investment strategy, of which there are many different ones and many various ones. The reason why I like the Burr concept or the Burr strategy, well, I wish I'd heard about it years ago, back in the Celtic Tiger days, so back around the, the early noughties, the 2000s, it was all the rage to be buy, purchasing stuff off plan and to be literally hoping and praying for capital appreciation. Why not when we thought everything was going to keep going up and up and up and there was no end in sight? And that's why so many people got stung with you know foreign investment, foreign properties um, and off, off plan projects, some of which never ever got built, some of, the, of which got half built and most of which were extremely overpriced. So the whole burst strategy, I wish I'd heard about it many years ago. And the reason why I like it is because it's all about cash flow as well as appreciation. But you build in your appreciation early on. Build being the operative word. So B-R-R-R. You may have heard of it. You may not. Let's get into it and break it down. The first one, the first B is to buy. So you have to buy it. The second one is to refurbish. Maybe that's a word that you use in your neck of the woods. Maybe it's not. It could be refurbish. It could be renovate. It could be redecorate. I would probably hasten to add that redecorate probably won't be enough on the projects that you're looking for to be a good burr property. So buy and refurbish. Uh, next one then is rent. That's the next or rent it out. And then the last or is refinance. So you have to buy it. You have to refurbish it. You have to rent it out. And then you have to refinance. Now, can I just say at this stage in the episode that all landlords are not evil? They may, depending on where you live, I definitely think in this country they're depicted as being greedy and evil. But you're providing a necessary service. So if you take a dilapidated, derelict building, which is no good to anybody, it's about to fall down and it's a health and safety hazard, and you make it into a nice, safe and clean property and then you rent it out for fair market rent now you know you can argue market rent isn't fair and it, and it doesn't seem to be at the moment because rents are very high but say you rent it out for what's expected a fair an expected fair market rent you are definitely providing a property that alternatively would not be on the market. So you're giving someone a chance or some or, or a family to have a chance at having a home. And as I said, if it's nice, safe and clean, if it's done well and it's rented at fair market rent, then that is not an evil landlord um, thing to do. In fact, the opposite. You're providing a valuable service because the government are definitely not, despite what they're saying, they're definitely not 
producing and building enough properties for everybody and um, with covid with everything else we had a we had a big shortage coming in and globally now this isn't just in this country there's a big shortage of property um, everywhere uh, and, and since during covid again it's just added and expanded that big shortage so this problem isn't going away which is why a lot of people are expecting there's going to be you know a downturn in, in property prices but when there's such a shortage of supply, will it happen? Well, certainly we're not seeing it right now. Property prices are going up more and more, which makes this a super strategy. I mean, you could use this strategy, I suppose, without the last two wars, if it was going to be your principal private residence. So let's move on. The first one, let's break them down. The first one is to buy. Price is very important. If you purchase wrong, if you purchase too high, it's going to be very hard to claw back and to make it a profitable venture. So really, you want to be going below market value. Now, that's BMV is something that's bandied around a lot on investor forums. And basically, what I would advise you to do, and I haven't invented this advice, but what I would advise you to do, as is often advised, is to try to purchase the worst property on the best street not the best property on the worst street. So you want to purchase a property that if you do the refurbishment already, it has increased in value. And then hopefully in an area that given a few more years, it will continue to appreciate in value on top of the refurbishment that you've done. So buying at the right price is very, very important. Renovate is the first of the ores in the Burr strategy. Now, the reason why I like this um, is because it involves a lot of sweat equity. Can you do this strategy? I should have said this in the buy bit. Can you do this strategy if you don't have a lot of money? Well, yes, depending on where you live and depending on where you look at. But remember, if, if we live in, an, in, an, in a, a global society. Things are easier to access now than ever. Well, if we were allowed to fly um, after COVID. But you could always do this strategy in a cheaper region and, and go over and do whatever work was necessary. So it doesn't have to be a big budget strategy. Some people buy cash and they don't. They can buy at such a, a low price that they don't need to borrow. Imagine being in that position. That would be an absolutely super position. So you don't have any of the lending fees, etc. So you can go at, at a level, you might have to save up initially, but you can go at a level that is comfortable to you. It doesn't have to be hundreds of thousands. It could be in the, the lower tens of thousands if you're lucky. So yeah, when you renovate, it's sweat equity. It doesn't matter if you're a builder or if you're not a builder. If you're not a builder and you don't want to be hands-on, by all means, you could. You, but you're going to spend more money. You could absolutely get in a contractor to do the work. But the more that you can try to do yourself, even if you're not confident, the more sweat equity you can put into it, ultimately, the better the investment is going to be because the more money that you're going to save. There's a lot of ways to add value. Uh, you can reconfigure a layout of a property um, to, to bring in, the, you know, you can make more bedrooms, you can make more space, you can make it more attractive open plan. You can update rooms. So you could put in new bathrooms, put in an extra bathroom, you know, put in a, an update kitchen. You could convert the garage, you could convert the attic, you could add an extension. So there are, besides the actual renovation of the properties, a lot that you could do to add value to your asset. Yes, you're going to need a decent crew. You're certainly going to need a couple of people that know what they're doing who are very reliable. Um, if you have a good relationship with them, it's going to work out better because there's going to be moments and, and things are going to arise unexpected. So communication is an important part of, of this job. So working with people that you get on with and that you trust is important. Now that's, 
easy to say it's it might take a life long uh, it might take a you know a lifetime sorry to to be able to develop those relationships but if this is something that you're interested in if this is something that you've always had an interest in in property as a hobby, maybe you could turn it into a career later on. So it's worth uh, investing that time into those relationships and to getting a good crew around you while you also improve on your skills and, and all the things that you're able to do as well to save you money ultimately. Next or is rent. So you need to rent it out. If, if there's no tenants to rent out to then None of this is going to work uh, unless you're going to live in it yourself. But then it's just the BR. It's not the BR or R. So rent it out. When you have it rented out, as I said, for fair market rent, not gouging, not way over the odds. I mean, there's probably measures in place anyway to, to prevent landlords from doing that. But once you have it rented out, then you can try to refinance your, your property. So you've increased the value by putting your money into it. Hopefully that the increase in value is worth more than the sum total that you spent on purchasing the property and renovating the property. And hopefully then you can refinance and be able to pull out your money. And guess what you're going to do with the money that you've just pulled out? Yes, you're going to look for another property and do the same thing again. And that is called recycling your money. The, you're going to try to leave as little as possible in the deal. And you're going to try to get out as much as possible so that you can go again ultimately that's in a perfect world how it's going to go there there are a good few drawbacks with this method you know it's not it's not totally easy and um, there's a few drawbacks and I'll go into them because if you're ever going to consider this or any other investment you really do need to know you have to do your due diligence which is always the word that's bandied around and what basically that means is you need to know the pros and the cons you do need to know the pitfalls so that you're fully prepared so number one drawback it is hard work. None of it's easy. Even if you're just project managing, it is hard. It is stressful. And if you're doing any of the work, if you're laboring, if you're doing any of the, if you're a skilled person, you're doing any, it, it is hard. And getting materials on site, organizing the time of everything. Um, so it is hard work. It's not, it's not a, a hands-off. If you're going to make it as, as profitable as possible, it's not hands-off. Number two, people can let you down and they will. You know, cowboys is a term that's used a lot in the for, for bad builders. And you'll discover as soon as you go down this road that there are a lot of them out there, which is why I said earlier, cultivating positive relationships and being able to rely on people that are close to you um, and develop a decent relationship with them long term is really important for this strategy, especially if you're going to go and do it a, a few times. Uh, the next thing is economy and timing. If the economy drops, if your timing is off, you could be left with, you know, something that's that's worth less than you've paid for. And, you know, you could be in trouble, basically. And this is why when it works out, you deserve it because, you know, you are taking the risks. It's your money on the line. You are taking the risks. So hopefully the economy doesn't dip. Hopefully the economy continues to rise and, and uh, you know, your timing is bang on. You'll see in some of the shows, I don't know if you're ever addicted to any of the property shows, where people have gone to all the trouble of, of doing the renovations and, and the economy has picked up so much. This, it's so profitable at the end that they're nearly told, you know what, you didn't even have to do any of all that hard slog and hard work that you did because the economy has, has improved so much and there's so much added value to your property that you didn't even need to have done all that work to have major profit. Now that's, you know, that's one of those, that's one of those positive negatives or negative positives. Um, if that happens to you, you're, you're, you're still winning, but it's unlikely 
So all the work that you put in will hopefully increase the value and the economy won't suddenly dip at the time that you're due to um, rent it or, or, or sell it off. Right, back to the, so back to the next one. Something unexpected can happen. So something unexpected negative. Besides the economy dipping, there could be bigger problems. You might have had a structural engineer. You, you might have had, you know, your valuer. You might have had a survey. You might have had all these things and then something still arises. Could be subsidence. It could be asbestos. It could be pyrite. It could be Japanese knotweed. It could be dry rot. Could be various damp issues. Could be various structural issues. If any of those terms give you extreme anxiety just listening to the terms, then you know might, this strategy might not be for you because there is a possibility that you might have to deal with any of this. But I find with property, it's 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 very forgiving. It's a very forgiving investment that there's still opportunity and possibilities as long as you don't run out of money and you have a contingency fund, um, which you should always have. There are still possibilities to fix things and to, to maybe just look at your asset a little bit differently so that you can still profit from it. Next drawback, there's an over-reliance on lending. So you might be you know, borrowing at the start, you might be doing it with your own money. And at the end, when you come to refinance, if your country is like this country, there's very, very few um, lenders in the market. So that, that bank or institution might turn around and say, no, we don't like the property, we don't like the area, we don't like what you've done, or we're not fully happy that it's complied with all regulations. Uh, they might just say no. They might just refuse you your refinance. And then the book stops there. Then that doesn't mean that you won't still be able to you know, make the changes or rent it out or flip it and make your profit. Um, so then flipping might be your only opportunity to try to get money back out in order to be able to go again but you certainly you know you, you, if, if you're renting it out the book stops there and you're not able to go again for quite a while until you can get some lending so that's a bit of a negative there is an over-reliance on lending tax is another one if you're on the higher rate of tax you are going to pay nearly half of it um, of the rent that you receive is going to be tax also then your capital gains tax if you do decide to to sell the property is well, it's fairly high here. Nobody seems to like to pay capital gains. So I'm sure no matter how low it is in your country, you're still going to think it's too high. Regulations, as I've touched on a second ago, is another thing. Regulations are always changing. It's hard to keep up with regulations. You might have fired ahead. Something might be irreversible. Um, it might still be legal to, to rent it out. You might have difficulty selling if you don't rectify it. You might have difficulty refinancing. So regulations is always you know a stickler and, and one that you have to keep an eye on and keep informed about. Uh, there, there are a lot of investors, both builders and non-builders, looking at this strategy. So it's a very, very competitive strategy at the lower end. There seems to be, especially right now, a lot of really good value and really good deals at mid-level and higher level where people simply don't have the cash to take a punt. There's stuff that you can buy um, at knockdown prices for several hundred thousand if you have that lying around. Now, most people don't and most people looking at the burst strategy are looking sub 100,000, maybe a slight bit more, but they're looking to build in the the uh, profit to build in the the you know the the what's the flipping word jeez i'm losing my words a lot lately um so they're they're looking to to build in more of a profit they're looking to increase the value 
so and the and the problem with that is there's a lot of people fishing in the lower end of the pool which is where i'm suggesting that you look at as well so you might have to look at a lot of deals before you see that one that that's for you so it needs to be a hobby you need to enjoy it to be able to source something hopefully close to where you are where you understand the market and you understand the values because you should be tracking the values of of the properties that that you're interested in over a period of time so you know what you should be paying you know what your profit should be you know what the rent is you know what the market is you know where it's going you're not just taking a random punt at something and and figuring it out and um, you want to be an expert in your in your own locality that would be super and you can do that without spending any money you can do that by just looking at the property websites and graphing it over over a period of time so i hope that helps i hope it's something that uh, if you're interested in you definitely do your research look into the burr strategy a little bit more and um, as i said there, there is a lot of competition in in that area but that doesn't mean that something won't come up or you won't hear about something or you won't hear of someone with a distressed property that they're looking to get off their hands quickly enough or a relative, a family member, or a friend that has something or knows, you know, a derelict property or, or a dilapidated building. And even though it's it's a highly populated pool, there's a, more people don't want to do any of the work and they want a turnkey property. And that's exactly why it can work for you. And it can be great for cash flow as well as capital appreciation. Definitely something I would recommend if you have any interest in property whatsoever. Thank you for listening. I'm Roundhouse Rob, the success sensei. Life is a fight you can enjoy and win. Bowing out. This has been the Success Sensei, fighting the winning fight. So add us, subscribe, like, and comment. Keep those hands up and keep moving forward.